In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. Dr. Jones, we've heard a lot about you. Professor of archaeology, expert on the occult, and how does one say it? Obtainer of rare antiquities. That's one way of saying it. Why don't you sit down? You'd be more comfortable. We've heard there's an archaeological dig going on in the desert outside of Los Angeles. Oh, one of the possible resting places of the Lost Ark. The Lost Ark? Yes, the Ark of the Cacavant, the uh, chest that Craig Kikowski <laughs> used to carry around his top ten movies in. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> when you say Craig's top ten movies, you mean the Craigslist? Yes, yes, the actual Craigslist, the, the original stone tablets that he carved the list on and then Carlos smashed. <laughs> Any of you guys right. ever go to improv school? What? <laughs> I missed that last part. <laughs> something, something improv school? Um, and then of course you have to obtain a, uh, a staff, uh, and a, and a headpiece and you've got to be like in a map room at the right time of Guys, day. I had forgotten for a- how many details there were in this film of just like how this all works. <laughs> There's so much information. Okay. Well, hold on a second, Carla. We have to tell oh. Craig's listeners what film we're talking about here. Okay. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, and we have to introduce our guest. That's true. There's a lot of business to get through. All right. But all by business, details. I just mean the normal <laughs> things that we always do at the beginning of every show. Um, yeah, you could try to find the Ark of the Cack event, which is buried somewhere. That is so dumb. or you know we're getting down to the nitty-gritty we're at number 12 here folks i know it's so exciting we're getting very close to the top 10 i just thought 10 commandments my top 10 movies of like there's a there's an equivalence there all right get to the business in history and morality it is is number 12 (laughs) yeah exactly yeah good point well yeah we're not quite it's, it's a stretch it's a stretch Hi, Craigslisters. We're talking about my number 12 movie of all time, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nope. The movie is just called Raiders of the Lost Ark and will always be so. I didn't know that. You didn't know it It was just called Raiders of the Lost Ark? The second one is Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That's correct. Okay. So I just assumed that the first one was the same. No, no. It was called Raiders of the Lost Ark. I can't wait to talk about this with you guys. Oh, no. (laughs) I have lots of stuff. I'm I'm actually excited to talk about it with you. Oh, okay. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Well, hello, mystery guest. Hi. Uh, (laughs) Our mystery guest today is, uh, I think, has been referenced before on this very podcast. Many times, yeah. Many times. Or Uh, like eight times, probably. <laughs> I didn't count. That's many. <laughs> I did do a little cheer every time. But I, did, I didn't actually count. Really, you know. uh, but he is a musician. He is an artist, and he is one of my oldest friends. Uh, he is old. I, <laughs> as one old month as you younger are. than you, Pat. He is, he is one month younger than me. We're both turning fifty this crap. year. Yes, it's true. Wow. Uh, and his name is Sean Farley. Hi. Yay. Hi, guys. Hi, Sean. I'm excited. 
What a delight to have you here. Hey, I've been listening since F1. So. That's so great. You know, nice. And that's I, a lot. <laughs> I think I speak for all of Craigslist podcast fandom when I have, I have a question I bet we're all asking ourselves. Right. Is what's the next list based podcast you guys are going to do after you finish this one? <laughs> that's really for Carla to answer. Nothing. I need a break. Because <laughs> I know Craig has lots of lists. He does. Yes. Mm-hmm. You probably know better than anyone all oh the lists. God. I'd love to do my top 100 albums. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, guys. Why don't you have a podcast together? You You're a musician, right? That's yeah, true. That's true. Do you still keep, like, the current NBA rosters? No, no. The internet. No, no. The internet is good for oh, that. Like, the internet happened. Okay. The internet happened and somebody... You guys haven't seen each other in years. Well, I didn't know. You know, you Yeah. Know. Yeah, I used to, like, just based on, like, box scores, like, I would get the paper with the box scores, and I would write down, like, who was on every team, yes. and then you'd, like, <laughs> take Shut note of, like, face. transactions, and then you'd, like, cross out of, like, oh, that guy got traded, or that guy got released, you well, know? the thing is, I didn't actually know about that list until we were in college. I think I came upon it one day in our dorm room mm-hmm. at oh, William wow. & Mary. My like, secret shame, yeah. Because I don't even remember you talking about sports. Wait, you guys lived together in college? <laughs> for, yes. For yeah. a brief time. For two, one and a half semesters. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, yeah, we met in third grade. First day of third grade. At Marumsco Hills Elementary School. That's not a uh, name. Close to the Marumsco Theater where I first what? saw Star Wars. Yep. And uh, and then we went to different middle schools. Mm-hmm. I went to Ripon. I went to Fred Lynn. This was a, an art, artifact of school busing. Because oh. Craig's neighborhood was far enough away where I couldn't just ride my bike to go to his house. I, I had to be taken there by an adult. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So we went. Yeah, Toby lived down the street from me. He was right. like four houses right, away right, from right. me. Sean was in another home. neighborhood oh, sure, entirely. Sure, yeah. yeah. So you guys were bused to my neighborhood for elementary school. Mm-hmm. And then we did. We, w- we spent three years at a different middle school, which was a dark time for me. <laughs> uh, and then I was bused to your neighborhood for high school. Woodbridge Senior High School. Yeah. Oh. The Vikings. Hey, yay school busing. And then we were in most classes together throughout high yeah. school. High school, yeah. And then we both uh, matriculated to the College of William & Mary. <laughs> we did. <laughs> and you lasted a semester and a half. Semester and a half. Mostly I sat in the hallway with my guitar practicing. You mostly were trying to learn a specific Steve Vai riff. The Attitude Song. From the Attitude Song. That was uh, probably months. It was very hard. <laughs> I still can't play it. Wow. <laughs> I think about how I tortured these poor guys because I had that metronome going, and I'm sitting there going, starting over, playing it again. Yeah. But but then you you went to Berkeley College of Music. Dropped out of there too. Wow, but that's impressive. But, but then you learn from the school of hard knocks. Yes. Uh, you were up in Seattle during the grunge era. Sure. Played lots of shows. Did you all that were? Stuff. I, I, yeah, I did nothing that was famous. So That's I, okay. I, I'm I played, still interested. I played with some people that were of some level of infamy, but I never did anything myself that was. Uh, but then, yeah. But actually, to bring it back to the movie we're supposed to be talking about, (laughs) this movie came out during that stretch of time where we were not going to school together in middle school. Right. Do you think we saw this movie separately or did we see it together? I know we did not see it together the first time, but like the I saw it many times in the theater. Just like last week's movie, Star Wars. (laughs) I was, I was really, because these movies were ones, because I, you know, we were 11 for this one when it opened. And, what you would do is whenever an adult relative came to town, you would find a way to talk them into taking them of to, to the theater or wherever it was playing. 
I remember doing that. Yeah. With like, sense and sensibility. Oh, love this. oh my God, Grandpa, you would love this movie. Oh. I did that with my grandmother. I was like, you'll love sense and sensibility. Really? You really need to take <laughs> me. And she did. It. She took me. See? Yeah. She couldn't understand Win-win. what they Win-win were saying. Both, I, think. <laughs> I think I saw Raiders at Springfield Mall most of the time. That was a, that was where I, t- I saw it as well. Maybe it also played Dale City or Marumsco. I think it did play at Marumsco Theater. And it was one of those movies, again, like you guys discussed last week, that played for a year plus yeah. Yeah. in theaters. So there were many opportunities to see it. I can't imagine what that's like. I'm going to guess I saw it five or six times in the theater yeah. during the initial run. I don't think that was still happening by the time I was old enough to no. understand. Well, home video was a thing. Right, and, right, and, right, right. And this is right before. I mean, this is like – I was trying to remember when did video stores become a thing and people could rent. And, and it, this is right around that time, 81, 82, mm. somewhere in there. Yeah, we were early adapters. Like we got a, a VCR fairly early. I think we got one in 1980. But it was wow. humongous, and then we had an Errol's membership, and and you uh, had a huge video camera that went the kind that you had to <laughs> set the white balance before you did yes. any shot with that thing. That's so great. I remember going with your dad. We talked your dad into taking us, so I know I saw it with you at least once, mm-hmm. and, I, and we talked your dad into it. I remember us also watching your dad because we knew we knew, and we'll, maybe we'll get into this later. But there's the scene, of course, with the swordsman mm-hmm. and Indiana Jones's confrontation with that swordsman. And we knew that, that that scene worked like wildfire on the grown-ups. That as soon as that happened, all the grown-ups exploded into laughter. And I remember us watching your dad. And, and that happened. The guy, Indiana shoots him. And your dad is like, wah! And we were just like, yes, we're vindicated. We knew. That's we knew. So uh, that's amazing. Yeah. My dad's laugh specifically is like a false subtle laugh. It's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I remember that too. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's still like one of the most shocking, uh, action scenes in a movie. Cause it's, I mean, it's probably been, you know, imitated many times since then, but like it just was so unexpected. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, it, it came about because Ford had food poisoning that day. Oh, wow. He, he, he just didn't feel like they doing had the a fight. choreographed fight and they tried to shoot some of it and he was like, I'm going to barf, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So when, when did you first see this? Do you remember? Um, I don't. Here's, this is very controversial. Okay. <laughs> uh, I grew up on Temple of Doom mostly and then Last Crusade probably a second. I don't know that I've seen this more than maybe twice in my whole life. Wow. Because as we were rewatching it, I was like, oh, there are entire sequences of this that I don't remember. And I don't think that would be the case with the other two movies. Um, and I just, I, I think it's just the age maybe that I'm at. Like, I think probably we, when, when did Temple of Doom come out? 84. Three years later. So I think probably we just got that on video, you know, at some point. And just watched it a million times, my brother and I. I meant to text him to ask him what his memories are of that too. Then I forgot. And is Temple of Doom <laughs> still your favorite or do you you like Last Crusade better? Um, I still like Temple of Doom the best. And I know <laughs> it wasn't until I got to college that I that I understood that that was like a faux pas. That like people really dislike. Oh, that is gauche. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I think that that's you probably. You simply mustn't. That's probably true though, right? Like, well, there's a lot of effective stuff in that movie. I mean, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm just real curious what you think. I mean, having come to listen to your opinions, yeah. Uh, I'm real curious about what you think of the female characters in these movies. Yeah. Because I feel like Marion is literally the only well-drawn female character in the whole series. Yeah. 
I don't know that she's that well drawn either. Well, that's uh, I would agree with you there. As an as an adult, yeah, as an adult, like I don't know that I've watched Temple of Doom recently enough to to remember. I know that as a kid, I thought that Kate Capshaw was really funny in it, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that I probably I probably didn't have the sense of like. She's a damsel in distress or she's a independent, strong female lead or whatever. Yeah. I don't think I knew or understood that when I was a kid. I, I liked the, um, the kid in it. Short He's round. from Goonies. Short round. Yeah. Right? From Goonies. K. Hugh Kwan. Um, and I was a huge Goonies fan. So was my brother. Um, and we, we would, yeah. I don't know. So th- that's, those are my memories. Is like not caring so much about Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> now rewatching it, I think there are really, I think it's way more convoluted than the other two films in terms of the arc and what the arc does and why it does it <laughs> and how they have to get it. Like it feels very sophisticated in a way that my childhood, my child brain probably didn't care about. Well, in my opening sequence, you know, I meant to parody, you know, the the exposition scene, which right. is a yeah. lot of it's exposition. A lot. <laughs> but you know what? I was because I just watched it again last night. I can't even tell you. That. I, I I literally don't know how many times I've seen this movie. But I feel like as exposition scenes go, yes, it's one of the better written ones there is to me. And it's like here's all the exposition you'll need. We're not going to re-explain it's this stuff later, right now. Yeah. All of it. We're showing you everything that's going to happen now in the rest of the movie. I think as a kid, it definitely like went over my head. Sure. I like I, I wasn't paying attention to the uh, the actual points, but uh, but Indiana reacting to the, to the army intelligence guys, you know, like mm-hmm. it 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 plays as a good uh, relationship scene anyway. I think and. Denim Elliott is is really great as Marcus Brody too. Yeah, and I I think, I mean, my hot take on this movie is it's the only good Indiana Jones film. I yeah, don't, I don't think any of the other ones are any good. Damn. I I think that pretty much every man I've ever met in in our age range feels the same way, and that's really? fine. Oh, okay, I mean, yeah. I, I thought there were a lot of uh, Last Crusade stands out there. I like Last Crusade oh, you do? a lot. Oh, I thought yeah. you didn't like Last Crusade. Oh, I like Last Crusade a lot. And I, there are parts of Temple of Doom that are really great, like mm-hmm. the, the mine shaft chase. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the set pieces were things that were conceived for Raiders, oh, uh, really? actually, oh. because they had yeah, a, I forgot about that. They had a big meet, you know, they had a week of meetings of Spielberg, Lucas, and Loris Kasdan yeah. in like 1978, where they talked about all the things they wanted in the movie. And basically, Lawrence Kasdan had to write a script that it was like, <laughs> well, it's got to have this, it's got to have this, it's yeah, got to have this. You figure out how to connect all, connect all the dots, you know. But there were things like the uh, the raft uh, coming out of the plane, the uh, and I think probably the uh, the the rope bridge. And the, the mine shaft chase that were all, they couldn't find a place for them in Raiders, but eventually wrote it into Temple of Doom. I do love that opening nightclub scene in Temple of Doom. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing of using that's the gong the as a shield. Gong. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's so interesting. I, I think if I had grown up on this movie, I probably would have liked it just as much as the others, but I just think we'd probably just didn't have it on VHS, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, boy, did I ever grow up on it. I mean, l- yeah. like you said, we were, 11 when it came out, you know, just like Star Wars was at the right time, that this is very much at, at the right time. And I think, 
Yes. Yeah, I don't think it was a conscious choice of like, I don't want to watch Raiders. I think it was like, here are the 10 VHS tapes that are constantly on rotation at my house, <laughs> and it wasn't in there. You I actually remember when my dad told me the name of the movie. Oh, we're going to go see Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. I remember not being interested because I thought it was going to be about Noah's Ark. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. That's gonna, what, what yeah, though, yeah that makes a lot of sense. And, and then, of course, it became, it blew my mind open in a way that, that, you know, I mean, we were the right age for that. My brother was obsessed with Indiana Jones. Like we had these giant ficus trees and he had a whip and he would like a toy whip, obviously. <laughs> and he would like constantly pretend like he was swinging from the trees and he had the whole outfit and he wore it all the time. Like he was super into it. Our friend Toby did have a whip, which I don't think was a toy whip. I think it was a legitimate whip. No. Yeah. It, it would not shock me. I don't remember that, but I believe you. I believe he practiced they, with it all the time. Yeah. He? Okay. Yeah. There was that, that dude had everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything you would think a kid shouldn't have. You kind of had it. <laughs> uh, on the AFI list of heroes and villains, by the way, Indiana Jones came in as the number two movie hero of all time. I think that makes um, a lot of sense. Who's Superman. No? Uh, you know, I didn't actually look to see who was the number one hero. Of <laughs> Come all. on. Oh, it's got to be James Bond, right? No, I think it'd be Superman. <laughs> no, because I think James Bond is – well, I guess James Bond was a book first, but I'm going to guess it's James Bond. Let me look it up. All right. Oh, interesting. All right. So it's n- neither of those? No, <laughs> it's neither of them. Um, number 10 is T.E. Lawrence. Wow. Who's that? Uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Verrabia. Number nine okay. is George Bailey. Number eight is Ellen Ripley. George Bailey. Ellen Ripley. Right on. <laughs> number seven is Rocky Balboa. Number six is Clarice Starling. Number five is oh. Will Kane, which is Gary Cooper from High Noon. I've never seen it. Number four is Rick Blaine, which is Humphrey Bogart from Casablanca. What is this list? Number three is James Bond. Number two is Indiana Jones. Number one was a movie that we covered already, and he's a lawyer. Oh. Is it going to be... It's Tom Cruise and yes, <laughs> <laughs> that would be fantastic. And a few good men. Oh wait, we didn't cover that. <laughs> no, he's a lawyer played by Gregory Peck. Must uh, be Atticus Finch. Atticus yeah. Finch. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess when I think of hero, though, I think yeah. of like action, adventure, it's saving the the people. <clears throat> yeah. Superman came in at number twenty six. That doesn't make any sense. Right behind Lou Gehrig. Well, it depends on which Superman, I guess. Right. <laughs> I mean, to me, to us, it's probably the only Christopher Reeve. <laughs> right, and that's who I always yeah. think of. Yeah. And then also this movie uh, on the IMDb list is currently number 48, which seems way too low to me. Yeah. On the AFI list, number 66, which also seems way too low to me. I don't keep a list, but it would be top 10 for me, for sure. Yeah. I think mostly because of, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's just intrinsic to my DNA at this point. I can't imagine... Well, because interestingly, I didn't really like Han Solo that much when we were kids. I I didn't relate to him at all, and you know, like I get I got his action figure, but I was like, eh, like really? I don't with this one. <laughs> no, no, I was a Darth Vader kid. Oh yeah, look at that. Look at that. I, I must have drawn Darth Vader a hundred thousand times as a kid. But, uh, yeah, I didn't get I didn't get him. I I thought he was scary. I thought he was mean, Han Solo. Oh. And so I didn't relate to him as a kid. And then it was Indiana Jones though. And then it was oh, Harrison Ford was my my. You know, I, I could, again, I probably drew that. I think the, 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 the artist who did the uh, movie poster, the famous movie poster for this was named Richard Ansel. I must have drawn that, po- that picture from that poster again a hundred thousand times. Just yeah. constantly drawing it and redrawing it and redrawing it. I mean, Harrison Ford is perfect in this, right? <laughs> I mean, has, it, has anyone ever been better cast for anything? 
Maybe yeah. somebody, sure. No, he's pretty great. Now imagine this movie with Tom Selleck. I was Deborah Winger that. and Danny DeVito. As Sala? A Danny DeVito as Sala. Spielberg went a Danny DeVito as Sala, but Danny DeVito was tied up doing taxi at the time. Deborah Winger turned down Marion. I mean, they're, it's, I think that makes a lot of sense. I could totally see Deborah Winger. Oh, they're very, they're very, very much in the same vein. Yeah. Yeah. She is of that type, yeah. Um, Tom Salad, though. They offered Klaus Kinski, uh, Tote, which is the, uh, the, the main Nazi guy who gets the, uh, the hand. Uh-huh. Yeah, who gets his hand burned on the, uh, one of the, melties, the medallion. Uh, Klaus Kinski called the script moronically shitty. <laughs> <laughs> and then they also talked to Roman Polanski about playing Tote. Whoa. Um, and Tom Selleck was actually cast as Indiana Jones. Like, he. I can see that. But would he have the big magnum mustache? I'm not saying that he'd be better. I'm just saying I could see why sure. he would do that. They they had mentioned Harrison Ford. I think Spielberg wanted Harrison Ford, but Lucas was like, Lucas was I don't want side. him to be like my De Niro where I always am seen as working with this guy. And I want a more – somebody who's lesser known. Um, and so Tom Selleck was not widely known at the time, but then he booked Magnum PI. Was that right then? Okay. Cause I, I was like, well, that was a hit show. Magnum PI was huge. But at the time where they were casting for Raiders, it wasn't out yet, or it was just, or they had just shot the pilot or whatever. So he committed to doing Magnum over Raiders. They cast Harrison Ford three weeks before shooting started. Wow. On Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I wonder how long he had to practice with the whip there. <laughs> He's probably taking pieces out of himself. Yes. <laughs> he doesn't use it a ton except for the opening, right? In this one? It's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple times in the opening. Yeah. Right? They make a big deal of it, I think. Right. And then... When does he use in it? In terms of fighting with it, I don't know. But he swings with it. Yeah. He uh, gets under the truck uh, oh, that's with it. Right. Like that, yeah, That's a big whip scene. Right, right, yeah. right, right. But I think that opening sequence really kind of sets the tone of like the whip and the hat and the bravado and the snakes, like everything's right there. As far as like, here's a 15 minute, like short, I think it's actually it's shorter than that. I think it's like 12 minutes yeah. is the opening sequence from the time the movie opens till he flies away on the plane with Jock and the, uh, with the a snake. very young Alfred Molina as, yeah. his, as the guy who goes into the temple. With his him. feature debut, I believe. Yeah. 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 I was thinking about this watching last like, – there was weird things that struck me watching it this time. And and so he's running away from the, the, the Indians who are chasing – who are under – The Jovitos. The Jovitos who are under the employ of Belloc for some reason. I guess he gave them whatever it is that they, yeah. they wanted. Uh, they're chasing him to the plane. The guy's waiting for him at the plane. But on the way in, there's like a big group of dudes carrying stuff in. There's like a couple of donkeys yeah. and there's a whole bunch of guys and there's the two guys with yeah. one of them who gets killed by the Jovitos. And I'm thinking, well, so did Indy just fly in with Jock and all those dudes hiked to where they were in the jungle? <laughs> Is that what happened I think there? so. That's that that's kind of what I thought. Okay. But why does Indy get to fly? <laughs> what the, I'm going to throw right. this out there. Logistics are not a strong suit of the Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> if you think through anything, I mean, the most famous thing, obviously, is the submarine. Ooh, I did some research on that. Oh, I'd, I'd, we'll, we'll get to, to more in detail about that then. Uh, but, like, that's the famous, you know, as far as, like, people calling bullshit on something in the movie of, yeah. like, 
how the fuck does he stay on this submarine without it submerging, you know? Right. <laughs> or, oh, or how is he not caught on this submarine as they sail from where are they to begin with? Like out, somewhere off of Africa. In the Mediterranean, I think, because, yeah, they go to an island <laughs> off of Greece somewhere. Okay, That's so somewhere in the Aegean Sea. Oh, is, I'm sure is where all the go. fanboys well, have gone crazy about, yeah, this, about is, this stuff. Well, this is the thing that's always bothered me. Because yeah. my thought has always been, well, it's a submarine. Doesn't it go underwater? Mm-hmm. But turns out, guys, <laughs> this is the research I did for this. Yeah. I went on the Wikipedias yeah. about U-boats. And it turns out, well, the one in the movie is not a model that was built at that time, at the time the movie is set. So it's a little later model, but we'll let that slide. Turns out a U-boat can go more than twice as fast on the surface surface than when it's underwater. Oh. So if they're trying to get somewhere in a hurry, they're not going to submerge. Oh. So it it's not impossible that he could just be up there on the periscope. Yeah. <laughs> until they get to that, and then he could have swum off, and you know, when they, once he see, uh, you know, they see the little secret entrance to their. And then you wonder, like, why didn't they just use a boat then in the film, right? Well, because the submarine's cooler. Submarine is cooler, and but. Along with that, I have a, you know, it's like, well, a whole bunch of Nazis, sh- they get off the sub somehow onto the ship to go searching it and they find all the, they find Marion and they find right. the Ark. It's like, well, what did they, did, were there boats to get over there? Were yeah. They, did those guys just swim? Did they just, yeah. you know, like, yeah, Belloc and, and, uh, Dietrich, all, they all, they all swam over. You know, yeah. <clears> I well, mean, well, you let these things slide. I guess. Right, for sure. You let a lot slide. You can't anymore in a new movie, but. F- for these movies, you have to. I think that's true. They wouldn't. No, none of that would fly now. I don't think so. I yeah. think people would be totally flabbergasted and confused. Every, everything's under more scrutiny, I guess. But like, definitely, like I, watching this movie, like I'm 11 years old all over again, and I don't care about any of the the fine print. You know? I was thinking about this watching this movie, which was like, oh, this is the movie that we have to blame for all of the blockbusters now. I mean, <laughs> you know, like you're not wrong. It's it's a great movie or whatever, but it's just like, oh, this is and Star Wars too, of course, but like that's such a bummer. <laughs> they were in, so fa- they, they In were what so way popular. do you think it's just influenced like, modern blockbusters? Just like the like action non stop action? Yeah, non stop action. I mean in every movie since then has tried to outdo the previous one, right? So to the point where now you watch an action movie and it's like it doesn't end. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think maybe in the last couple of years, they've gotten a little bit better about that because they realize there's nowhere else to go with it, you know, at a certain point that it just becomes relentless. But I don't know. That's how I feel about it. Well, I think Spielberg and Lucas were very influenced by the serials of their youth, you know, which is like these are like cheap, like one reelers right. that they saw like in the 50s, you know, that were made on the cheap uh, with no known actors and they'd end on a cliffhanger. So... That's why I'm saying that opening sequence was about 12 minutes is about the length of a reel, right? So it's almost like watching one episode of Indiana Jones and then you'd have to come back in two weeks or whatever and see the, the next episode. So they, they, that reminds me that I watched young Indiana Jones series. Oh yeah. When I was a kid. How was that? I don't think I ever really watched it. I liked it a lot. I think it was on in the early nineties. Yeah. yeah. Which was like right around the time that would have made sense for me to be into indiana jones and george lucas was heavily involved with that he was, right he's yeah. a producer i think that was when i was at my porous and didn't have a tv so <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see any of that i was yeah. a young, young musician eating you know ramen for two weeks right right <laughs> so yeah who was the young indiana jones sean patrick flannery okay wow who then like is he still works all the time i'll see him and stuff every now and again but 
I don't know that he ever like he was in Dexter. He he does stuff. Oh yeah. Well, Raiders is also full of character actors that are so great in it. Yeah. That I cannot think of another performance I've where I've ever seen any of them. I mean, the guy who plays Belloc, Paul Freeman. I think he's a really great villain. He's, he's tremendous. Yeah. The Marion. only other thing I've seen him in is in Hot Fuzz. He's the priest who comes at them with two uh, shotguns oh, at the end during so the big great. action sequence. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, Car- Karen Allen? Yeah, is that Karen her name? Allen. Yeah, she, Allen. I actually knew her more from Scrooged growing up, uh-huh. which is a movie that I loved. Oh, yeah. In Animal House. She's the girl in Animal I, House I don't as think well. I've still ever seen Animal House. Well, I I think it's probably way too late. Oh, it's not going to be the top ten? I'm going to guess. <laughs> I was actually looking up a picture of Karen Allen when we were watching it, of a recent picture of her, and I guess there was a reunion for Animal House not too long ago or a few years ago, and her and Tim Matheson and some other woman are in it, and Tim Matheson has his hand around them and his hand on the other woman's boob. Oh, nice. It's so disgusting, and I was like, oh, I don't ever need to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> So Just a, because of that picture? If in their 50s they're still oh, behaving now, that a, way, okay. <laughs> like this is not going to be something I enjoy. So Tim Matheson was also a candidate to play Indiana Jones. Really? As well. Wow. Yeah. I don't know what I know him from, but I know who he is. Uh, he's the villain in Fletch, too. Nope. Wow. That's not it. Karen Allen was also in Starman. I think she was the, the yes. lead in that with Jeff Bridges. Yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah. And The Sandlot. <laughs> oh, see, well, I guess... I don't know if she's still working though, but some of these other ones are like the guy we're talking about, Tot, Tote or Tot, however you yeah. say his name. Uh, that guy was amazing, but I can't, couldn't tell you who, if he's ever done anything else. Yeah, he was an English character actor named Ronald Lacey and he died in the early 90s. Oh, okay. Well. Um, and then John Rice Davies, of course, uh, right. was not seen for a while, but then definitely Lord came back Rings. in a big way with as Gimli and Lord of the Rings, you yeah. know. Uh, but though they brought back Sala and, uh, and Marcus Brody for Last Crusade. Right. You know, it feels like Last Crusade is maybe an overcorrection from of like, okay, well, people didn't like Temple of Doom of like, we'll bring back, uh, people all- didn't like it, but it made a lot of money. It did huge. Hell when yeah. When I was a kid, I loved the hell out of it. Yeah. It was scary. I mean, yeah. but, you know, I, I, I didn't like the, uh, the, the the guy getting his heart ripped out and then plunged into molten lava after that. Right. That was not my favorite. But yeah. We used to play that in the pool. <laughs> like Marco Polo? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> play Temple of Doom. You play Temple of Doom? Yeah, it was so what funny. What are the rules? I, <laughs> I don't remember. I just remember it was so funny to put your hand over somebody's heart and to like shake it like you were going to pull their heart out from their skin. And then you push him in the pool. Right now. <laughs> and then you push him in the pool. That does sound fun. And then fun. relax with some chilled monkey brains. <laughs> chilled exactly. monkey brains. <laughs> so earlier this year, I had the opportunity to go to Pensacon, which is the Pensacola, Florida Comic Con. Okay, brag. Yeah, humble brag. And uh, so I was there with my friends, uh, Mark and Hal, who do the We Got This podcast that we've talked about many times, and our friend Ken Plume. Uh, who, of course, does the, uh, the remastering for, for Craigslist. Makes everything sound good. Makes everything sound good. So, uh, at a Comic Con, there's always, you know, actors from your favorite movies there getting autographs. William Shatner was there. So, here I am with, I'm showing this to Sean right now. Here's John Rice Davies, uh, Karen Allen, Wolf Collar, who is Dietrich, Dietrich. Yeah. and Paul Freeman, who is Belloc. Holy moly. 
So there, uh, there's four of the uh, this is great. the big this is actors. Great for a podcast. Fuck, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm actually checking my email where you guys are doing that. Uh, but I will tweet out this photo because it's so cool, and I think we were all reduced uh, to feeling like little kids again just yeah. to uh, to be there. Earlier that day, we uh, when we sat down in the uh, the green room for the the con, we sat with Wolf Collar and talked to him a little bit, and then. Uh, we're all staying at the same hotel, which is like right across the street from the convention center. And at one point I came out of the elevator and John Rice Davies was right there, uh, in the, in the lobby with some sort of handler from the, the Comic Con. And I only walked by him briefly, but I did hear him say the most John Rice Davies thing you can imagine, which is, uh, make sure that nobody steals my banana. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I was hoping you would like meet him at the elevator and you get to say, you go first. Yeah. <laughs> his, re- his reaction uh, when they open the well of the souls and he sees that statue is so great. Yes. <laughs> There's so many great Sorry. reaction shots in this film. Mm. Like they're, it's so absurd today, but it is so fun and like appropriate for the movie. You know what I mean? Like the way that they're cut together, some of those reaction shots are just like, he clearly just said react <laughs> cut yeah. and then moved the camera to the next person react cut it's so weird oddly enough like i i mean this movie is ridiculous yeah. uh but it's the most grounded of the indiana jones movies yeah. sure. too by far like they definitely went in a more cartoonish route for the for the others right and i think that's what i personally i mean cuz yeah. that I mean, it's exactly what you said earlier is that this one has as ridiculous as it is, there's gravity to it. You right. Know, there's like even Indiana Jones himself. I mean, the, in all the scenes where he's in the map room, he's seeing it for the first time, or when they're when they're in there in the Well of Souls, and he and Sala are lifting the lid off the the big concrete box or whatever. Oh, hold your mic closer. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> Say it again. Uh, that's for the remastering guy to fix. <laughs> um, yes, uh, but you know they're they're they're. He has a real sense of wonder. He's always like, wow, I'm in this place and this is thing and this is serious stuff. And he doesn't yeah. believe all the religious stuff, but he has a real respect for the place, although he's destroying things like, you know, you know, burning the snakes alive. And there's a lot of, a lot of wanton death in this movie. Yeah. People getting shot and, and snakes <laughs> being burned. And, um, but I, there, but like Marcus is very, you know, he's like really worried about it, the whole enterprise. And he, and he says so, you know, in that scene when, in, in, when Indy's in his weird bathrobe. Uh, when they're at right. Indy's house, Indy's, right. Indy's uh, Casa de Apparently, there's a cut scene where he has a girl there at his apartment. <laughs> I'm not surprised. And He's got like a Bond vibe the whole time. Well, that was another disagreement between Spielberg and Lucas, that Spielberg wanted him to be like a ladies' man and an alcoholic. Uh, Spielberg wanted him to be based off of Bogart from Treasure of the Sierra Madre. Got it. And to be like an alcoholic and Lucas wanted him to be more of a traditional hero. So I guess they cut the scene of the girl hiding at the apartment. Anyway, that's why he's in the robe. But they left, is that why he's in the, he's in his dressing gown? Yeah. <laughs> well, they, well, they left in the scene though when he's teaching and the girl's got love you written on her. Oh, right. Uh, right, eyelids, right, right, right. Which, you know, I remember being a kid going, what, trying to read, what is she, wait, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm 11. What does, what's this about? I think I was like, what is that when we rewatched it? <laughs> I actually watched it because then everybody leaves the room because the class ends and they all leave. I was like watching what to see what else she did. No, she just left. She yeah, was, she was talking to one of her buddies, and, that was and there's one guy in the class, and he leaves an apple. He's the last one. He, he like he like lingers in the back as he, <laughs> as he, he leaves it as he rushes out. That's, there, but that's a great moment. There's, this movie is full of those kind of things. I have a question. So Indy doesn't believe in God or isn't religious. 
I would guess that's never true. Addressed. I would guess that's true. Although, you know, at the end, he's not taking any chances. I right? mean, when right. the angel of death comes out and lays waste everywhere. I mean, he's like, you know? Marion, don't look and don't look. Whatever yeah. happens, don't you know, I, I mean I think he's I think he's a skeptic. And I think, but but he's also the kind that's when confronted with evidence to the to the contrary, he's he's no he's no dummy. You know? Okay, I was just curious what the mythology there was with him. But it's interesting to think that in all of these movies, something supernatural happens, yeah. except for the UFO one, right? Which we but I mean aliens, which we, which we won't I get, mention. Yeah. Is that the newest one? Yeah, yeah. I forget everything about that's that movie. Terrible. I mean, I guess it's not supernatural, but aliens sure. show up. Yeah, so magic of a sort. I know that everybody didn't like it, but again, it made a ton of money. And I remember that when we went to see it, I totally enjoyed it, but I can't remember one thing about it, and I never watched it again. <laughs> I remember a flying refrigerator that Indiana Jones is inside of. Yes, to protect himself from a nuclear and he's bomb hurled, test. Yeah. Yes, through the air, who knows how far, by an atom bomb. And he, and he just kind of gets out and is like, oh, boy, that hurt. That hurt a little Weird. bit as I pushed myself off. Yeah. And what, so he left, he left Marion, right? Somewhere in there. Yeah, they had a kid who turned out to be Shia LaBeouf. So he left her and then he had his adventure with Kate Capshaw. I believe Temple of Doom is supposed to be, take place before Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's Star. set in 1934. Yeah, two years before. Yeah. Oh, how interesting. Why did they make that choice? So they could explain not hiring uh, Karen Allen again and uh, <laughs> and uh, John Rice Davies. Uh, yeah, Last Crusade's like thirty eight. This one's set in nineteen thirty six. Yeah. So I think yeah. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. Did they not want to hire Karen Allen again? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she was holding out for her, you know. I mean, she's know. really great in that movie. I I I was paying a lot of attention to her this time around, just to, you know, because I was trying to like, where's what accent is that? Where's yeah. where's where she from? What, right. You know? I mean, I know she was with her dad somewhere all around the world, but you know, I was just paying attention to what what she was doing as an actor in this movie this time. Right. Because as a kid, you know, I was like, well, that's the cool, pretty lady, but I don't, you know. I also noticed that she's never she's never waiting for Indy to help her ever. I mean, when those guys attack them in the market, she's fighting too. She like picks up a thing, looks like a toaster and she's instantly whacking dudes on. The it looks like so funny too. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It looked like a toaster oven. But. I remember when last crusade came out that there was a lot of publicity that was like, uh, finally like, and what was her name? Allison duty. I believe is her name. That was her name. <laughs> uh, wow. who played Ilsa. And what has she oh, been? Yeah. Uh, of like, Finally, yeah. there's a a lead, you know, woman who's like the equal of Indiana Jones, and I'm like, uh, mm. I think that, I mean, that's probably an overcorrection from Kate Capshaw, I think, but it, like, Marion can hold her own, definitely. But then the idea of like her being passed around like currency yeah. uh, between like these different men, you that know, is, is kind of gross. But and she's not really. I remember her being more kick-ass and like watching it now. It's not, she's not really that kick-ass. <laughs> Let me ask you, what do you think of, what is that thing she does at the very end with Sala? Like they're, with- he's putting them on the boat and they're both exhausted and they're saying thank you. And then she comes and her, her goodbye is she comes up and kisses him three times. Oh. This one is for Faya. This is for your children. Oh, right, right, right. This right. one's for you. Last one. And then he's like, Okay. Wee, I was, that yeah. scene is so weird. You would never <laughs> yeah. see that scene in a movie today. And I'm like, what? Okay. I mean, thank you. It's great. So he has a crush on <laughs> so her. He likes and her now. yeah. Yeah. My brother just t- texted me. Can I read this? Yes. It's kind of please. funny. Uh, so I asked him, do you remember why we like Temple of Doom better than Raiders? Please respond. Because <laughs> he doesn't usually respond. <laughs> he wrote, Temple of Doom always scared me. It was the darkest. I liked Short Round. <laughs> is that his name yes. yes he was funny no time for love dr jones 
the slavery <laughs> the slavery theme uh, and the ripping hearts out that was pretty intense i think the reason people liked it a lot is because there wasn't much downtime oh so he he thinks that people like temple of doom is what he's saying and then back to it there was always some action some fight some barely escaping death or a bad guy dying there was also the cart chase in the cavern that was intense the other ones were good but they had a little nerdiness to them which isn't against my liking necessarily temple of doom was just more kick-ass <laughs> All right. That's fair. He's three and a half years younger than I am. So interesting, right? Well, we're running out of time to have Tom in this podcast, right? I know. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways. Maybe for number one? Maybe. I'm real curious about what number one is. Do you know? You must know. Yeah. Okay. I'm real curious. We'll tell you. That is. Okay. I love that scene with the two of them on the boat when he, she's trying to clean him up. And, yeah. And she clocks him with that, with that mirror that's blurry. Right. I didn't understand what happened. You yeah. looked away at that moment. Yeah. Uh, her side of the mirror, cause it's double sided mirror. Right. And she's it looking at her, it's all, well, it's all, her side is all blurry. Yeah. And she's like, and she looks at like, what? And she's just, well, I'm flipping this over and just hits him. He's on the other side of the mirror. <laughs> yeah. 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 I guess what I didn't understand was when it panned out to the boat and like made the noise and then went back in. Yes. And she was like, are you, you know, did you say something as opposed to like hearing that loud scream that they just panned <laughs> right, out to right, the boat? Right, I was right. like, come on. <laughs> I remember that as a big laugh line for the grownups too. That Definitely. Was, that was another one the grownups thought was hilarious. Everything that I'm saying sounds like a criticism and I don't mean for it too. Yeah. This is not a bad movie. I don't, I don't think this is a bad movie, but it's fair to say it's a silly movie. Yeah. I and mean, I, and I, no, but I like silly movies, so I don't mean to sound. There's a lot of great physical down comedy. on it. I'm actually that that was another uh, just rewatching. It's weird watching things like this as a grown up, and just you don't see. Yeah, I, I see totally different things in it. But like Harrison Ford has all this great physical comedy that he does. Like when the the big bald boxer comes out. Yeah, you know, they're they're trying yeah. to get on the plane, and the big bald boxer comes out to fight him, and he's like, "Oh no, I don't Not okay." No. <laughs> and then the guy hits him one time, and he does this take where he's like, he, his legs do this little wobble. And then he falls. Yeah, and it's like screw. It's almost screwball. But I, I was. I just don't remember Harrison Ford doing stuff like that in other stuff. I mean, he's certainly not doing it in you know Witness or you know, <laughs> Blade Runner, Mosquito Coast. Oof, Mosquito. That's Coast. a good one. That's a that good, is a good movie. That's a good movie. It's tough to watch though. Yeah, I don't know if that's your movie. Have you I seen it? I saw it years ago. Yeah. Uh, something that I loved about this movie is the action. The actual like how it doesn't feel like CGI. Because it's not. Right. Oh, <laughs> the, yeah. The real action, I think, is so much better than any CGI stuff that you can see now. Amen, sister. I mean, that whole yeah. that whole sequence, like, from the time that they throw Indy and Marion into the Well of Souls together till the... Uh, Till he gets the arc in the, the truck chase, yeah, uh, in the truck chase. That's about a twenty-minute nonstop sequence with all like the stunt work is incredible. It's really impressive. There had to be so many injuries. I, I mean, that's I was thinking that too. Like yeah. guys are getting thrown off the car and falling off cliffs. Falling yeah. off cliffs. Yeah, it's really cool. That stunt with the whip under the car is an homage to a famous stuntman whose name his name is Yakima uh, something. Uh, who did that stunt in the John Wayne movie Stagecoach. Oh, under a stagecoach. Oh. And I guess the stunt coordinator was trying to replicate that stunt in a Lone Ranger movie that came out the year before Raiders of the Lost Ark. I remember that. Uh, and then w- was able to like do that homage. So they like draw a, a dig a trench yep. that the stuntman can hide in. They shoot it at a 
faster frame rate so the, the truck, truck doesn't have slow to, yeah. trucks are going slow so but it looks <laughs> like it's going fast you know but it's all old school camera tricks but of like so yeah cool. he's really under that car yeah. yeah and he's really being dragged behind it there's a stretch there i remember there was a pbs this is one of the because this is also back pre-internet so right there's not you can't just go look up and see right. watch youtubes about how stuff was made and nobody's doing that there was magazines like fangoria out there and there was actually the Lucasfilm newsletter Bantha Tracks. I don't know if you guys remember that. <laughs> no. No. Uh, but you, I was on the mailing list, and so they, they when because it was Lucasfilm, they crossed. You know, there was articles about this too. But they, that was how you got information about stuff, or maybe sometimes a book would come out. But there was this PBS documentary about the making of this movie, and they showed how they did that under the truck and you know cool. slow driving, and 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 they showed Harrison getting ready to be dragged behind the thing, and they actually asked him, uh, you know, hey, uh, so how do you like how you feel about this? You're going to get dragged behind a car. And he was not in a good mood because I think Harrison Ford is never in a good mood. Yeah. <laughs> but he was like, oh, it's just one of those useless experiences. <laughs> uh, I love how cranky he is at all times. And has always been since he was in his 30s. Yeah. <laughs> I think when he was like two years old, he, just, yeah. he was probably just, Ugh. Actually, that's one of the, during that truck sequence, again, there's, an, and also the map room sequence as well, when he, when they, when he and Sal are breaking in there, there's huge stretches of this movie with no dialogue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the truck sequence, of course. And the one thing he does say, there's, a, you know, he sees something, one of the, you know, it was the motorcycle coming up next to him. He goes, <laughs> before he knocks it off the road. And, and, yeah. and, 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 you know, but I did enjoy, I, I, those, those things are so great when, when, Directors just can just go, yep, yep, we don't need talking here. We can just do cool stuff and right. show people cool things. And Spielberg will always err on the side of like, if it can be explained with images, like the, to, it doesn't need to be done with exposition. And that's why I like, again, like there's that one big chunk up top yeah. that gives you all the exposition. And this to me is also why I prefer this movie to Star Wars, though obviously I have them back to back. So I like Star Wars quite a bit, but <laughs> if I were to distinguish, uh, the script is just much better. The dialogue. Sure. The okay. dialogue is much better in this. And I gotta give some credit to Lawrence Kasdan, you know, and that, that's why mm-hmm. Empire has a better screenplay than Star Wars as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Lawrence didn't, Ka- uh, Lee Brackett work on that one too, Empire? I- yeah, I think Lee Brackett did the what original did draft, draft and, and then. She died, right? Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, um, death. <laughs> oh boy. But Lawrence Kasdan was like an ad copywriter in the 70s, and then he wrote, uh, he moved to Hollywood, started writing screenplays. His first screenplay was The Bodyguard, which didn't get made for like 20 years. Oh, wow. With Matt Dillon? The Bodyguard with Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. Oh, that movie. Okay. Uh, but first? But Sorry. Kasdan wrote it with Diana Ross and Steve McQueen in mind. Oh, that would have been good too. Uh, and then he wrote a script called Continental Divide, which he sold to Spielberg, which was made with John Belushi. I think that's a good movie. Never I haven't seen it. seen it in years. I saw but, it on HBO when I was a kid. Uh, but then his first three movies that were released were Empire and Raiders as a screen screenwriter and wow. then Body Heat. Body Heat, right. Body wow. Heat as a director screenwriter. So he had, was out of the gates pretty strong. So we ha- you had this thing called Foo Ratla. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that in a very long time until you asked me to do this uh, episode. Yeah. Yeah, and again I think that was a feature it was a function of the fact that we were apart for 3 years. Mm-hmm. And, and we literally this is and, and tell me if I'm wrong cuz you know this is the Rashomon thing of remembering these things that happened yeah. so long ago. But the, my contact with you then was I we would have long phone calls. 
with you know phones with curly cords on them and stuff. <laughs> yeah, we had a dial. You know, zzz, zzz, you know, oh my god, I'm so old. We did too. But so that I talked to you on the phone. We actually wrote letters to each other. Aww. And I'm pretty sure Furatla, which is an acronym that stands for Freaked Out on Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure this came out of one of those letters. I think it was this, you know, I think we were going into seventh grade. This was the summer before our seventh grade year. So I think, and what, and the other thing we would do is occasionally I'd either come over to your house for a weekend or you come over to my house or, you know, and Tobe would, you know, sometimes we'd all converge. And I think this was one of those. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you and Tobe came over, and I think maybe Dave. Dave Bell? Yeah. yeah. This might have been the first time you guys met him even, because he went to my middle school. Right. And and so I think this was my idea. It's one of those 11-year-old things that's not really thought through too much. <laughs> because, I you know, I, I was really excited. Oh, <laughs> and what we were going to do, I guess, is we are going to make masks out of paper Paper bags, bags, paper grocery bags. Okay. And we we're going to all pick a character. And of course, I picked Indy instantly because I was organizing it. Um, and then we we're going to put the masks on and, and then watch the movie. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We couldn't possibly have watched the movie at your house because it we wouldn't have been. We had gone to the theater, right? It was probably still playing. I don't even remember that yeah. we watched the movie because it, this would have been before home video, right? Yeah. It would not have come out on I home video yet. And this is the part where it gets fuzzy. Yeah. But I definitely had the Lawrence Kasdan screenplay, the illustrated version, storyboard, I had that which too. has the storyboard, which is great. It's got all the storyboards that Spielberg did for the movie, as well as like uh, images and like other art that other artists, uh, uh, technical artists preparing for the movie had done. And it's the entire screenplay. It was the first I think, I ever read. I'd never seen one before. Cool. I think we sat and read the screenplay. You know what? <laughs> rather than have. watch the movie. They have. Do you remember what mask you did? I think I was Sala. Okay, because I remember Tobe did Imam, who was the, come sit down, sit yes. down, you know, oh, look at them, buddy. You know, yes. Like, that's what Tobe did. And it's, the character is just an Imam, i.e. a Muslim right. holy we man. Thought we thought that was the guy's name was, <laughs> was Imam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. funny. Yeah, his lines were Imam. Yeah. And now, you know, we were 11. <laughs> also, the uh, the Alfred Molina character is in the script as Satipo. Satipo, and Harrison does not say that. Harrison says, "Well, there's some controversy whether he says adios sapito, which inverting the T and the P, mm-hmm. or, or some people think he says adios stupido." I think he says sapito. I think he says sapito. And this is super nerdy. <laughs> this is very nerdy. This is a, this yeah. Is a deep dive. I do have to get to work at some point. Okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> This isn't your favorite thing ever. <laughs> but I think you guys should totally have lunch. <laughs> Talk about this? Afterwards. <laughs> okay. And keep digging in. Okay. I think I, I accidentally just deleted uh, all of Carlos' quotes. Oh, Are you serious? Me... <laughs> this is the best part of the podcast. Come on now. This is what the people really come for. Okay. No, I don't know. <laughs> well, let's just go chronologically through the movie a little bit with a segment that we'd like to call Carlos' Quotes. She's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's clothes. Oh, I meant to, to ask if you know the two uh, two people who play two different roles in this movie. Interesting. I don't. One guy is Vic Tablian. Uh, he plays both the guy that gets killed, uh, who tries to betray Indiana in the opening sequence. Right. Uh, Baranka, Baranka is that guy's name, but he's also the guy with the eye patch who owns the monkey. Oh, interesting. So it's the same guy. There's a Baranka Avenue in Covina. Oh. 
And then Pat yeah. Pat Roach was a guy who was like a uh, played like a big bad guy in a lot of movies around this time. So he's both the mechanic that he fights with. Oh uh, sure, uh, but he's also the Sherpa in the sequence in Tibet or Nepal. Is he one of the the hired muscle for the yeah. Germans? See, I saw that guy and I was looking at his eyes, and it looks like he has Asian guy uh, Asian makeup. They look they yeah. look fake. Oh, and I was sitting there I going. See. Kind of getting horrified, like, wait, who is that? What's on his face? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're trying to disguise him. And then also George Lucas's dog inspired two different characters in movie history. Uh, Obviously, his dog was named Indiana. So, like, uh, Lucas wanted to name the character Indiana Smith, by the way. That was one of Spielberg's contributions of, like, I don't like Smith. How about Jones? Mm. Uh, But so the, the character was literally named after Lucas's dog. But then Lucas's dog, Indiana, was also the inspiration for Chewbacca. Aww. He was an Alaskan male. Did you hear that, Benny? <laughs> Benny looked at me right when you he said did. that. He gave you a look. And the the location in Tunisia that they used, uh, especially when he's got the bazooka uh, pointed at uh, Belloc and the Ark, same trench as R2 is captured by the Jawas. It did look like Tatooine. In Star Wars. For sure. So as the movie starts, uh, actually as the, the DVD is starting, that famous THX sound thing comes in with the, and Carla tried to sing along with that. And she said, I can't harmonize. That's depressing. <laughs> That's not a real note though, is it? I have no idea. I'm not, I literally can't harmonize. I don't know music at all. <laughs> Just stretch out with your feelings. Oh wait, wrong movie. That was, that was last week. <laughs> And then Carla sang tonky tonk tonk, tonk to tonk, tonky tonk tonk, tonk to tonk. <laughs> Great. Glad that you wrote that down. Very uh, important information. <laughs> it was something about your use of tonky tonk tonk that, that was, was really, <laughs> really weird. Uh, I love how the Paramount title card becomes the mountain up top is a, is a cool little match cut. I was wondering if on the DVD I was watching, which is when it was first released as a box set, the font felt weird to me for the titles. And I wonder if they redid the font for I the re-release. I watched it on Netflix last night, so I, it looked what I, as what I remember. Okay. But who knows? Uh, the DP, by the way, was Douglas Slocum, uh, and nominated for cinematography for this and, uh, just some, Fantastic shots. Were there other Oscar noms? In this. It had eight Oscar nominations. It won for four technical categories as well as a special award for Ben Burt for the sound design. Mm-hmm. This is before uh, sound effects always had its own Oscar. So it technically won five Oscars but only four in competition. Uh, John Williams, we haven't even mentioned yet, yep. uh, mm-hmm. though I think Carla has some choice quotes about his work in this. But uh, well, she already had one. We just did yeah. one. <laughs> John Williams did not win the Oscar for Best Music because he lost, as did uh, Picture, to Chariots of Fire. So Vangelis's Vangelis. famous score for Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire is so boring. It is. And it it actually was... I think the fourth in the odds makers favorites. I think people thought it was going to be between Reds, uh, uh-huh. on Golden Pond and Raiders of the Lost Ark were all considered kind of equals. I, I, I'm going to guess this is one of the closest votes in Oscar history, mm-hmm. uh, that allowed Chariots of Fire to sneak past all those movies for the win. Going on. But Warren yeah. Beatty won director for Reds, mm-hmm. uh, Chariots of Fire won picture and then it won the music. Uh, over John Williams. I mean, you guys talked a lot about John Williams last last time. Did we? I don't remember. We did. We did. But yeah, I mean, as 
I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of the things I did in music were because I spent the years of seven to twelve only listening to John Williams movie soundtracks. I definitely sure that's it, it. It it informed everything I did later. As far as an orchestral score, uh, I listen to the Raiders soundtrack more than anything else. Really? Okay. Uh, I still prefer and, the and Star Wars ones, but I, I think it's probably a better score overall because those are just many more themes right. to prob- it. But that's in terms of like, right. that's probably right. I owned the Raiders score on vinyl and listened to it all the time oh, for whatever <laughs> reason. Uh, when Alfred Molina first appeared, Carla said, hey, look who it is, Fred. <laughs> That's what he likes to be called. That is true. I work with Alfred Molina in Drunk History. He introduced himself to me so as So many Fred. brags. So many brags <laughs> in this podcast. And, and you probably said, if you insist, senor. <laughs> Mm-hmm. When there's the shot of uh, Satipo turning around with all the fr- uh, tarantulas on his back, Carla said, oh, fuck off. It's <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Here's Carla on acting. Did you think Spielberg told him to put his fist in his mouth or was that an Alfred Molina choice? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those classic reaction shots. I wish that somebody, maybe this is already on YouTube, that somebody just pulled out all the reaction shots from this movie and just put them back to back. That would be amazing. When Indy helps Satipo across the, uh, the thing, uh, for some reason, Carla said, Oh, toxic masculinity. Oh, because he helps him across and he goes to hug him and Harrison Ford's like, ugh, (laughs) I'm not not gay. Is like the subtext of that. (laughs) And the guy's like, no, I'm just trying to say thanks for saving my life. (laughs) And then when Indy is going, but right before the audio subpedo line, uh, when there's that, uh, whatever happens to him, the light shines on him. He ran into the light, I guess. yeah. Yeah. And he gets uh, killed by the spike or whatever. Uh, I mean, it's obviously a, a fake dummy or whatever. Carla said, that's supposed to be him? Meh. I know. It's 1981. Don't be a bitch, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be nice. <laughs> Have you seen the Shot by Shot remake, by the way? I've not, but I've, I've, I've read all about it. And when we were, when the kids in my neighborhood, because Craig lived in awesome, everybody's talented neighborhood. <laughs> I listened, I lived in Beavis and Butthead neighborhood. <laughs> but there, there was taught, there were kids in my neighborhood who I was trying, oh, we gotta do that. You know, so when I read later that somebody actually had done it. Yeah. I, I was like, oh man. Yeah. If only I lived in Craig's neighborhood, we would have done that. <laughs> Those guys were basically our age, yeah. you know, uh, our exact demographic. They were just in Mississippi. You know, it's, I've seen their entire remake shot by shot, which is like in, incredible. Like it, it really just lifts your heart to think that yeah. like that they d- did it. They pulled it off. But it one. took, it took like into their adult years, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, because we saw that documentary. The documentary, I think, is called Raiders! Exclamation point, the making of the greatest fan movie of all time or something like that. Uh, and it's a really fun documentary, but it shows them as adults trying to get the, the airplane sequence, which right. was the, the one thing they couldn't do. Right. Lots of explosions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then all the, the stress of like to trying to, uh, to do that again. So yeah, they shot it over years and years. There's no continuity because their ages is, are clearly different right. at, at different times. When Bellic holds up the idol, uh, Carla said, what an evil laugh. I mean, I know that's the point, but it's a really evil laugh. <laughs> Bellic is a great villain. Uh, 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 I think he's one of the uh, great villains. Bellic is really a great villain. It's I too think. bad he dies because then you can't have more of them, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a little rapey. <laughs> Oh, well, no, you're right about that. That's what makes him a great villain. The the villain, the more villain, right? True, for sure, for sure. 
As Indy is being chased by the Hovitos, Carla said, oh, for sure, he'd be dead a Roonies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> oh, because of all the arrows. <laughs> uh, when it goes past the girls in his classrooms, uh, the, the girl with the, uh, the eyelids, uh, Carla said, for sure, he slept with her on set. <laughs> <laughs> he was a, a guy. He was a guy. Who did that kind of stuff. A coxman. <laughs> well i mean I, that's another thought i had when watching this movie i was like dude was in shape yeah he was fit man he looks good he, wow. he was having a lot of extramarital intercourse <laughs> he was married to melissa, melissa matheson melissa matheson was his she wife at the time and she visited him on set and she and uh steven spielberg worked out uh the plot for a movie which became et the extraterrestrial yeah. already covered on the Craigslist. <laughs> Already covered on Craigslist. Uh, the, uh, the, the bigger, uh, army intelligence guy with the mustache, uh, also. Mr. Top Men. Yes, Top Men. Yeah. Uh, was also in the movie that we just covered. Star Wars? Yes. Is oh, it Porkins? This, it's Porkins. Oh my god. That blew my mind the first time, which is only in the last couple of years. The same Guys, guy. When they say these things, these characters, I don't know who the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> Porkins is the fat guy, <laughs> the one fat pilot <laughs> in the X-wing squadron. And then, do you know what his name is in this? No, Eaton. <laughs> his name is Eaton. Is he that big? I mean, I'm by movie standards, you know, I, I'd look the same if I were on camera. You yeah, know? I mean, yeah. Uh, but yeah, by movie standards, he's a fat guy. And Lucas, you know, cast this guy in two movies and named him Porkins and Eaton. Yikes. <laughs> wow. Wow. But uh, good. Uh, you got the work, dude. But like those residuals. Those residuals. Well, he's no, he's no longer with us. But the, well, the, sure the, his family's getting that stuff. Yeah. The residue is good. Uh, Carla said, this is too much exposition. <laughs> it really was intense. It's all in that one scene. I did not remember it, it being that yeah. much. <laughs> uh, I love the shot drinking contest as the introduction to Marion. I think is pretty great. Yeah, it's fun. And then whatever she's yelling in Nepalese is pretty much the equivalent of like, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> is it, really? Oh. No, I, no, I'm, oh, I'm oh, making yeah, that up, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. But then that shot of Indiana's silhouette on the wall, like, mm-hmm. is so cool. That's very much a movie moment for sure. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Carlos said, I don't remember Indiana Jones with a gun at all. I really didn't. Does he have him in the later movie? I mean, he must. He must, but I just don't. Like, th- those aren't the sequences that I remember from any of those movies. Mm-hmm. When that sequence ends with her saying, I'm your goddamn partner, Carlos said, that always felt sloppy to me. Oh, yeah, the way that it cuts into the next scene. It's like a... Oh, literally the cut. The cut, yeah. Oh, they go right to Cairo there, right? Yeah. They go right to Salah's house? Right. And it's just like, I feel like he needed a reaction to that. And then cut into it. (laughs) Just so everybody knows, that's what I thought. Carla said, is that the monkey from Friends? (laughs) <laughs> which i said marcel and you said how do you know the name of the monkey from friends because carla watches friends 24 <laughs> 7 every day and i've maybe seen three episodes of friends yeah um friends is good it's good yeah. carla said the plot for this is ridiculous <laughs> said with affection <laughs> said with affection this is i think after he thinks marion is dead they switch baskets right um and then now, uh, Indy's walking with the monkey again, not knowing that the monkey betrayed him. 
Mm-hmm. And Carla said, that monkey was such an asshole. Or is that a different monkey? <laughs> like, it's still got the same outfit. I'm, I'm, I don't think they're going to have multiple monkeys befriending I wasn't Indy sure because he was real chummy with that monkey. Members of Monkey Force. <laughs> when he has that scene with uh, with Belloc where, uh, where he says, try the local sewer. Carla said, ooh, burn. <laughs> <laughs> The the uh the bad guy who poisoned the dates, by the way, poisons it kills his own monkey. Yeah, it's yep. weird. Oh, the irony. We were trying to watch kind of late last night uh to catch up on the movie, and uh Carla said, Can you turn it down? It's loud and annoying. The score gets to be <laughs> too much. The score is kind of constant that's that's for sure it's like you get to the end with a big chase and all that stuff oh it's like relentless for 20 minutes and i was just like i can't do this anymore tonight it's too much here's carla when they open the uh the will of souls how are those snakes surviving which is a good question I mean, I guess they could have eaten those corpses, right? There's a big room full of corpses in there. Yeah, but it's been thousands of years. That's right? true. Thousands of years, thousands of snakes. They got all the good bits by then. Yeah. What is it? What is it with movies holding women hostage and making them dress up? And I'm like, what other movies did that? And you said, uh, Sounds of the Lamps. <laughs> you know what? I, I was thinking about this morning. It was soap operas in the '90s. <laughs> they would there a woman would be kidnapped, and the weirdo would be like, "Can you wear this dress for me?" <laughs> And I think they got it from Indiana Jones. Okay. <laughs> it is a trope. It is. I'm going to look it up. All right. And never, ever tell you. <laughs> uh, the clothes hanger bit is a pretty good gag. Yep. What is that? I forget. When Tot comes in to, to interrogate. Well, she's thinking she's going to escape from the tent because she got R- Belloc drunk. Uh-huh. And then she's going out the door and then the German with the black hat is right there and he pulls out this thing looks like nunchucks or something. And it's really a clothes. It's really a coat hanger. Right, right, right. Yeah. And he, Yeah, yeah. It's a good bit, Carly. You got to admit it. I forgot it. Adults, adults laughed at that one too. <laughs> I love the Nazi's that... going to beat her with his nunchuck. Just kidding. Just kidding. I love that when they escape, there's just like a loose stone of like this stone wall, which is like, oh, here's the fucking crypt that has the that's yep. had the Ark of the Covenant hey, in, <laughs> and here. they get out so easily. That scene too with the weird sound, the, the the haunted house noises sound design right before that where she's getting ah she's it, it, that's a weird that feels incongruous to me. It, it, Definitely, as a kid, I thought the corpses were coming to life, but it's all just meant to be her freaking out. Yeah, or, or but whatever. there is if you listen to the yeah. sound design, there are haunted house noises yes. happening there. So it's. I think the idea is that it's all in her head, oh, but it's all in her head because she, she's a crazy lady. Because <laughs> she's insane. <laughs> Once they start moving the ark around, Carla said, that doesn't make any sense. They loaded it onto a truck. <laughs> 1936. They're just like, here, let's just put this onto a truck. You know what sequence I like? The, bas- the basket sequence. That was really fun. Just wanted to say that. Yeah. We hadn't talked about it. Where she hits the guy with the pan and. Yeah. And then hides in the basket. But then Indiana is looking for her and yeah. throw all those baskets. Mm-hmm. I really like that. I like Marion's reaction of like, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Carl and John Williams. This score is relentless. <laughs> and then this is where we stopped last night. All right. I'm done for the night. I can't listen to this score anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I did visit the home of a another famous Hollywood. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know. I know. It sounds like I'm bragging, but uh, <laughs> another famous Hollywood composer who I will not name, but he had a 
a full replica of the Ark of the Covenant in his office that opened up into a bar. Wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> I want to know who it is. Will you tell us on break? Off, off mic, I totally will. <laughs> this is when uh, in that, that guy knocks uh, Indy out of the window and then he goes under the truck and everything and then Indy comes back and beats the shit out of the guy. Carla said, doesn't feel good, does it? What's it like to be on the other side, buddy? Not great. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, a great sequence. Yeah. We've already talked about it, but it's Then great. she added, your dick's got to be hurting too. <laughs> when he gets run over. <laughs> I wonder if the guy just laid on the ground and he just like threw his arms up. Yeah. Himself. No, actually, I think I was talking about Indy because of the way he's drugged behind the yeah. dragged uh, behind yes. the thing and drugged and drugged. <laughs> Not much of a coxman that day. Oh. <laughs> Sick burn. Harrison apparently improvised the line. It's not the year's baby. It's the mileage. Or it's not the year's honey. It's the mileage, which is a pretty good line. Pretty good. You got to admit when he, <laughs> the old punching out a guy and stealing his uniform gambit like that. That's that always so works. Fun. Star Wars did it and uh, Raiders <laughs> did it too. Carlos said he looks like a Nazi, which I think is the idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love Belloc's reaction when he turns up again. Jones, <laughs> Jones. <laughs> And around now is when Carla said, a lot of adventure in this movie. Which <laughs> <laughs> feels like an understatement. And then when the arc opens, and uh, I mean, hey, I mean, I know it's like uh, special effects at the time. You do it with CGI, you know, like it's obviously fake, but it's pretty cool and chilling. You yeah, know, it's cool. all the heads exploding and melting. Like, I think I, it's awesome. That scene blew me away as a kid. It made me want to be a special effects guy. Mm-hmm. Now, Kevin, my bro-in-law, has a young daughter. She, well, Lucy, my niece, is 10. She's, uh-huh. So somewhere in her ninth year, they show this movie to her. And, I, and so whenever these kind of movies get shown to her, I'm a, I'm a, I hit my sister or Kevin and say, hey, how did it play? How did it play? What did she think? She thought this scene of the exploding heads and melting faces was the most hilarious thing she had ever <laughs> yeah. seen. It's it pretty silly. Not, it does not play for the kids of today, guys. I Too think bad. it's the melting face that I like it because it – it looks like of its time, but I can totally see how a kid today would be like, that looks she ridiculous. That was hilarious. State of the art. It's state of the art. <laughs> <laughs> During that sequence, Carla said, is that a lady Nazi? There was. There was a lady Nazi who gets um, hit from a ghost from behind. Yeah, as well she should. Yeah, she's a Nazi. <laughs> Carla said, oh, I forgot about this. Can you imagine having to act through this fucking scene? <laughs> Harrison Ford and Karen Allen tied to the pole. Tied to the pole. There's a shot of them, and they're both just like yelling into the air. And you're like, "Oh, these poor actors." Spielberg was just like, "Start yelling! Just start yelling!" They're blowing fans on them. Yeah. And originally in the cut, they uh, they had the final scene with the army intelligence guys, top men, and then they just cut to the warehouse. So they, they only added that last scene because there was no resolution to the relationship with Marion. Mm. Uh, so they have the, the little scene with them on the, uh, the Congress steps or whatever it is. And, uh, Carla said, I'm Indiana Jones. You can't hold me back with your womanly ways. I got a lot of ladies to love. <laughs> <laughs> but you're thinking he has Kate Capshaw in his future, but she That's was in his I past. Thought. She was in his past. Um, <laughs> So do you think – I really just want to talk about this for a second. I, I know we only have a couple minutes left. Do you think they made that decision because Marion was so beloved? 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 I think this was actually a note from Marsha Lucas, uh, editor, <laughs> um, 
So, uh, George Lucas's wife, I think, watched the first cut and was like, you need another scene with Indiana and Marion. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Do you think they made the choice to make Temple of Doom in the past oh. because of that? Oh. Because they didn't want to say that he then went on with this other woman? No, I don't think so. Why I mean, did they, yeah. what is the point? I don't understand. Of going back in time? I yeah. Think, I think they wanted to do, they wanted him to be more of a Bond kind of character where it didn't really matter what year or what time or, you know, they, it wasn't a serialized adventure story so much. I, I don't, I think. Right. You know, this is guessing. And but, then this takes them out of like the World War II timeline of like, of Nazis becoming more of a threat. Oh. Okay. Yeah, it just gives them a, want Nazis every time, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Although they've, kind of been nazis every time for the other movies. yeah yeah and all the other movies yes it's all nazis all day long but i i think with lucas's concept of the character of like he exists like uh throughout time travels all over the world fights all kinds of bad guys i think it's in keeping with that also when lucas originally pitched the idea to spielberg he said i've got three i've got a trilogy written and then when they it was time for them to make temple of doom it was revealed that lucas had no ideas for the other movies <laughs> oh my god <laughs> he probably yeah I feel like maybe there's somebody out there who's listening who might have a specific idea of why they did that. Okay, yes, Because, please. yes, all those things you said tr- are true make sense, but why that many years before this one? Carla wants an answer, Craig's listeners. Please tweet at us. Why is Temple of Doom set before Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah, Star? let us know. Okay, let us know. I'm curious, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That final sequence of the uh, is an homage to Citizen Kane, of course. So uh, just as Rosebud is being... Uh, but we'll talk about that more on a later Craigslist movie. Really? Yeah. Spoilers. But Carla said, look at all of those boxes full of adventures for Indiana Jones. And that's a matte painting. Remember <laughs> matte paintings? Yeah. There's a couple of them in this movie. Yeah. So cool. Uh, so letter grade for this movie, Sean? A- I have to be A+. Plus. There's no, there is no <laughs> other letter. There are no other letters. Uh, I'm going to say Indiana Jones, better hero than uh, Han Solo. Raiders of the Lost Ark, better movie than Star Wars. And Raiders of the Lost Ark, my favorite movie that we have covered thus far on Craigslist. It will maintain its spot exactly where it is. Carla? Well, I like Star Wars better, I think, but I still really like this a lot. I was leaning more towards a B plus, but you guys have brought me around to an A minus. A minus? Yeah. All right. Oh, what does that right. stand for? Uh, it stands for... Always reliable Harrison Ford. <laughs> Minus. <laughs> Minus. Minus the Coxmanship. Coxman. Uh, should we do a little improv scene? Sure. Um, so I think, uh, we're just, we're just some dudes who work in the warehouse. This is a, <laughs> this is a few years later and, uh, we just come across this, uh, this arc. Hey, uh, hey, Jerry, can you give me a hand with the, uh, with this pulley? Yeah, I mean, if you need it, I guess you need it. I gotta get get something down from the top shelf. Where oh. you gotta get it from up there? Yeah, I don't know. Some uh, somebody in Army Intelligence placed an order for this box. I'm pretty hungry, bud. I want some lunch. Yeah, what do you want to get for lunch? I don't know. What do you want for lunch? I have a chicken salad sandwich. Oh. I yeah. can split with you. That your wife made? Yeah, my wife made it. It didn't oh. get spoiled, did it? Yeah, no. No, it's not spoiled. Is it got mayonnaise in it? Yeah, it and just because I give it to you doesn't mean that I like you. I just, you know, I'm just being nice. All right, yeah, I'll take a bite. But of I'm not like, I'm not like into you. Hey, man, I'm not into you guys or hey, anything. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> hey. All right, yeah. okay. I'm just saying. Well, look at this. This the uh, the U.S. government seal got burned through. On this box here. Well, not very patriotic, I don't think. It's not very patriotic at all. Who would do that? Yeah, it smells too. It does smell. <laughs> what, is this, what does that smell? What it smells like, uh, flesh. Victory. Oh, flesh, yeah. 
I was going to say flesh. Flesh and victory are similar smells, I <laughs> yeah. think. All right. Oh, man, this thing is heavy. Oh, shoot. Oh, no. Crash, tinkle, bang. Oh, no. No. Yeah, the crate broke open. It's very shiny in there. It is very shiny. Well, uh, let's uh, dig in. Let's dig in. What do we, what do we got in here? Uh, I might be able to take some of this home to the wife. Like you want to take some of this, this home? silverware? What is it? It's like a serving plate? Or yeah, no, this looks nice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you have guests over, you know. You can put the chips and the dips on there, right? <laughs> hey, make sure you invite us over. Sure, come on over. <laughs> you can watch the game. All right, let's open this thing. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, man, it's full of sand. Oh. Hmm. It could be a, like a little sandbox for the kids to play hey, in. if you just put your hand in it, it feels real good. Like you're sticking your hand in a bag of uh, sand. It does feel good. It does just, you tell me all the time how much you love to stick your hand in a bag of sand. It's one of my favorite things, that uh-huh. and tapping the creme brulee. Cracking the top of it. Yeah, you're like Amelie that way. Yeah, you know. With your crimbolets. I do like French chicks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me too. I like chicks, okay? Okay. Well, we better get into the crate to put this thing in. Yeah. Uh, well, that's all it is. It's just a thing full of sand. Full of sand. I mean, if we dump it out, we could put other stuff in there, right? I mean, we, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's get rid of this. We make a sand castle. Ooh, yeah. we need some water. <laughs> yeah, I got some water. I got a thermos right here. Oh, a thermos. <laughs> Yeah. And I think nothing bad has happened to us because we're basically good guys. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. I mean, but why, why, why would something bad happen? I do have a little bit of a headache. Just a little bit a of a little headache. Bit. Are you getting a little warm under the collar there? Are you getting a little, a little warm. Feeling? Guys, I said I don't like you like that, all right? <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm thinking if you're not absolutely evil, like the, the arc's not going to kill you, right? I don't. Yeah, I don't know what happens. That, yeah, that's probably I, what would have happened if Indy had opened it. <laughs> well, also, didn't it need something else besides just being opened? Wasn't there sun or something? Or no, that was at night, wasn't it? It wasn't. Yeah, they were. It was at. See, this is what thing. I'm talking about with the whole yeah. like the medallion thing. But you needed that to find where it was located. Is that the idea? Yeah, that's just locating it, but uh, so you in, don't need the staff and medallion to it when to you operate it. the powers of the ark yeah. or whatever. Right, it's sort of no. like a Hebrew scavenger hunt that they said, okay, we're gonna hide it real good, but right. we're gonna give you these clues so you can find it later. You know. <laughs> and I guess there's two interpretations of the final scene, which I, I think it's it is just like Citizen Kane, which is like uh, this thing's being filed away to like never be seen again, like no, no, you know, and there's. But I guess the other thing is like now the U.S. government has it, you know, and right. know, knows what it is, you oh, know. Now they're going to win World War Two. He's going to use it as a weapon. I like that it's it's it could almost just be back in the well of the souls. Honestly, it's like yeah, it's just as lost as it was before. Yeah, yeah so. I like that. What's in all those other boxes? What's in the boxes? <laughs> What's in the boxes? <laughs> it's Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh no! Or parts of her anyway. Uh, Sean, what a delight to have you! Oh my yeah, God, you guys! Great. I love all the little cute little history stuff. Of oh your man, friendship. I got Craig stories. I got uh, Craig stories. Oh, that's there's another no, podcast. There's no time. There's no time for that. I love that you wrote each other letters when you couldn't hang out all the time. I still got some, I think. It would be email or text now. You know, mm-hmm. it sounds quaint and old fashioned, but that's just how you communicated back then. I get it. Carla. I have days. notes yes, yes. that I would pass in class. Uh, do you like me? Yes or no? <laughs> yes. You, you have a Twitter account? I do. I Yeah. I mean, most of my creative outlet now is I'm a painter mm-hmm. uh, and awesome. I have a Instagram. Uh, it's just my name with art on the, so Sean Farley art. If Sean Farley art on Instagram. I do a lot of studies from life, so there's going to be boobs. Sorry. Guys. Yeah. There will be boobs. That's there will be boobs. My favorite PTA movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you decided to go with Sean Farley Art and not Sean F. Art. <laughs> I, that that would be a fantastic um and i would have done that if i were still 11 years old <laughs> well carla that is number 12 we're getting so close we to the are. top 10 and so we're going to move on, on to number 11 next and this is a 1967 film uh second film directed by mr mike nichols and uh, it stars Dustin Hoffman as the titular graduate. I was like, what was his character name? <laughs> <laughs> no. The movie is called The Graduate. Yeah. And uh, it's got Dustin Hoffman and Anne Bancroft and Catherine Ross. And uh, it's just great. And uh, we're going to have our friend Janie Haddad Tompkins to talk about that yeah. movie. So Craig's listeners, please join us in a couple weeks for number 11. These go to 11. The Graduate. <laughs> The list is an absolute good. The list is life. 